the Rambam, the Rambam in Hilchas Tshuva, the Rambam writes that the Ikra Vidui, we, we started Yimea Slichos, and in these Yimea Slichos, right through Aseris Yimei Tshuva, minus Rosh Hashanah. In Rosh Hashanah, we won't do Vidui, but in Aseris Yimei Tshuva, we do Vidui, so we confess, we admit the shortcomings, and there's a whole list of Averis that we speak about and we admit to. We start out the words of the Idu. We say, And the Rambam writes that the Ikar of Idu, the main confession, is But, or rather, we have sinned. And there's a big cash on the Rambam. The word avol rather does not belong in this Rambam. Because you could say the Iker confession is I've had shortcomings. There are things I want to improve. We have sinned. We've come up short. We want to improve. The Rambam, when he says Iker Avidu, he sticks in a word avol, but I have sinned. What's but? What's rather, the avol doesn't belong. Now I want to explain in context. When we say the avol, it makes sense because we have a long sentence. We say, We're not brazen or stubborn. To claim that we're tzaddikim and have not sinned. Avol, rather... So the Avol Yaakov makes sense because it's contrasting. But I'm not going to be brazen and stubborn to say I didn't sin, to say I can't change, I have nothing to change. Avol, so the Avol, rather, you said I'm not, not this, rather that. But the Rambam says you don't need that introduction. You don't need to say that's extra, it's our minute to say it. But the Iker confession is Avol Anach Luchatanu. The Avol doesn't belong there. You haven't said an excuse. You haven't said, I could have said this, Avol, but I don't want to go there. Anach I'd rather just, you know. But the, the Iker confession is only Anach Luchatanu. Avol doesn't make sense in that context. Rather, I have, you, you come to, I have sinned. I have come short. There are things I can change. The avol doesn't seem to um, make sense. The Rambam is based on Psukim in the Torah by the brothers, by the Ache Yosef. When the Ache Yosef are in a very dire situation, they introspect and they say, Avol Hashem Manachnu. Rather, we're guilty, and the avol is the same kasha. What do you mean, rather, we're guilty? Hashem manach, we're guilty. What's the avol? Rather, but, instead, in truth, in truth, avol, Hashem, in truth, we're guilty. The avol, again, by the Ache Yosef, doesn't seem to make sense. The brother should say, Hashem manach, we're guilty. The avol is a very, very difficult avol. <clears throat> it's very, very difficult to say one idea what the shayfer is saying. If you'll, you'll, you'll watch by the, you'll look up your sedorim and you'll see many, many pshatim and rishayim of what the shayfer represents. One thing we know is God commanded us to blow the horn. We're going to be mitzvah coming up in a few days to hear tkiya shayfer. To hear the shayfer blow from very young ages, it's a very precious mitzvah. The shayfer blowing. That horn is a very precious mitzvah. From young ages, little youngsters are excited for the mitzvah of shayfer. And we go to shul, all of us, and we listen to the blast of the shayfer. We definitely have a minog to make many, many sounds. Those are not all deraisa. But our mitzvah daraisa, let's suffice to say we have 30 sounds to do our mitzvah daraisa. 30 blasts of the horn to do our daraisa. In truth, we have a chi of nine. We're uncertain how to get those nine sounds. So we blow 30 to get our nine. So let's 30 sounds to do our daraisa. 
And those 30 <coughs> sounds we're doing it, we're hearing a shayfer blow, and we're having in mind, mitzvah Hashem, Hashem was mitzvah us to hear the shayfer, and we, and we do our mitzvah, certainly we do our mitzvah. The Rambam writes that even though it's exeris hakosav, so the rice of God commanded, but like every mitzvah, we're supposed to try to connect to what's the mitzvah saying. So the Rambam says there's a remez. There's a remez in, sh- in the shayfer, and the remez is arouse. Uri yeshen mishinaschem, wake up. And the remez is wake up. That's what the Rambam says is the remez. A remez is a hint. There's a hint in the sound of the shayfer. It's an alarm of sorts. And it calls, what it says to each Yid, I leave, what does that mean to wake up? What's the pronouncement? Is really each Yid's own personal connection to the mitzvah? And I really leave it to you to try, Hashem wants you to hear the blast of the horn, the sound of the shayfer, that, that wordless scream that doesn't have words to it, and the shayfer blows. What does it say to you? What is the blast of Rosh Hashanah? What is it saying? What is it calling? What is it introducing? I want to share a Rosh Hashanah thought with the Chevra here that to me is amazingly encouraging. I want to share this with you, Avram, because I th- this, it says something to me. Rosh Hashanah is an exciting time. The shayfer is a gorgeous mitzvah, and that blast, whoo, wake up, what's it saying? What does it say? So I'm not saying, I, I want each guy to study things about Rosh Hashanah, and ultimately, Morty, you'll have your own things you hear in that blast. You'll have your own, at the very least, I'm a loyalist, God said blow, and I'm blown. But, but you, you might, in, in your own time, in your own years, as the years go on, the shayfer will call and say something to you and mean something to you. What is that gathering in shul? We all gather to do our mitzvah. And here the shayfer, what's it saying and what does it say to you is a very important question. I want to share something that it says to me, that blast of the shayfer. <coughs> I, I once saw a postcard. I grabbed the sword of my grandmother's house. And it was like a very cynical postcard. It was like a New Year's. People tend to, rightfully, people make calls and greet each other and wish each other beautiful wishes for the New Year. Rosh Hashanah time. It's a beautiful custom in Kalal Yisrael. And people call each other wishing brachas for the New Year that's upon us. So my grandmother had a card, a Rosh Hashanah card that somebody sent her, Ellie. And the front, it said, Ashamnu, Bagadnu, Gazalnu, Dibarnu. It had all like the... The, all, the, all the admissions of sin, and inside the card it said, better luck next year. Like, like we've done all these transgressions. Now the person obviously is hearing in all these, we're all going to sit there, describing areas that we, feel, that we feel we can improve. And so the sense, what a year, Ashamnu, guilty, Bagadnu, guilty, Gazalnu, guilty, like this whole list of things that we mark off. And so this, this letter, it sounds, pretty, it sounds pretty humbling. And the letter said, better luck next year. Like I hope next year all these things don't resonate like they resonate this year. What I, what I want to say about Ashamnu, Bagadnu, Gazalnu, about all these things, there are so many people who for years and years, there are people in their 60s that are bad husbands <coughs> that are stuck in patterns and being a bad husband for 40 years. And you wonder, why don't they change? Why don't they change? You see so many people, bad parents for many years, why don't they change? So many people, all different types of strange behaviors, and why don't they change? And often the reason is they don't believe we can change. They feel very, very stuck. I'm just stuck in a very, very deep way. I have caught myself and I have called out myself in times feeling very stuck. My big taina on yeshivas for throwing out certain type of, a certain type of bacher, I worry less for that bacher. That bacher will find his way. They always do. I actually worry for the bacher that are left in the yeshiva. And I worry for the message, could somebody change? Oh, dangerous, get rid of him. Struggle, struggle. 
We all struggle. I worry the message. What happens when somebody who remains struggles? So either he's told, don't you dare struggle. We don't allow struggle here. Or if you struggle, you're out. Mm-hmm. Certainly don't let us know you struggle. If we dare see you struggle, you're out of here. What about a message of life has difficulties and challenges and we're actually capable of, of, of overcoming? We're actually capable of changing. Now, everybody here might take it for granted, and you might, I asked, I was curious this morning, I asked guys, I took over I Silverman share this morning, and I asked guys, do they think change is possible? And every guy was, of course, like, like, like please, like, of course people change. That's very cool. It's cool how obvious it is to them. The Rambam says that most Jewish people don't believe we're capable of change. That's what the Rambam writes. Now, when I say change, I don't mean external, that you dress firmer. I don't, even, I don't even mean an action necessarily, but I mean in your very inner, in, your ver- in our very thoughts, in our very loves, in our very, very profound inner change. And the Rambam writes that Roiv Golme Yisrael don't believe, he calls most Jewish bodies don't believe in Bechira. This week's parsha Bacharta Bachayim, it's a mitzvah deraisa to exercise choice, which to exercise choice, you have to believe we're capable of choice. That we're capable of having a certain teva and overcoming, of being superhuman, of being. It's interesting that there are a lot of guys in yeshiva who have affinity for Harry Potter. She made a world of magic, and I believe a real person believes in magic believes in somebody can just, like, it's not possible. I love the look. I once, I once spoke to a Rebbe and described a certain guy in yeshiva as a masma today. And this Rebbe was a brilliant guy who understood psychology, like big theories. He was like, it wasn't possible. The guy became what he became. He had him so pegged and so understood. It couldn't be. It was magic. And I like it because the world, there's a world called Avol. <coughs> Avol enters into a new world that's a very beautiful world. People think Ashamnu, Bagadnu is like this, is like this very like beat up. It's interesting, the tune, the tune people say, Klaiswas Minhagam are interesting. Did you ever notice it's not a very sad tune? Let's do the tune of Ezi. What are we doing? We're almost like proud. Like, hello. <laughs> like, I like. It's, it, you ever wonder? It's a big cash rabbi, I say. It's almost a little happy, like a frailer song. It's, it's a little weird. I imagine the, the, the uninformed amongst us, like the, the newbie to Yiddish Kabbalah, you guys sound awfully proud about this. It's, it does, it's literally not a very sad song. It's not so contrite. I mean, that'll be the word. What does the word contrite mean? Could you look up contrite? Abby, you have your phone here? Oh, your dad's his phone, contrite. What's the definition of contrite? Contrite is remorse, is regretting what you've done. So the word of the day will be contrite. Say the word. Contrite. It means remorse, it means regret. Ashamnu Bagandu, the way we sing it, Shloim of the sounds. One more time, sing along, Chavra. Let's go one more time. Could somebody explain to me what's going on? Allo, we're saying like we're all together, all together now. <laughs> Love it, Dick. It's not. I, I can't say it's the happiest song. I can't say it's like it's not mamish oig yisham abaryu. It's not like yos. It's not mamish, but it's awfully close. Shleima, this sounds like a Shleima is like an expert on music. This sounds like a sad. Do you sound like a bunch of people are full of? It doesn't sound that way. It's very interesting. Minig Yisrael, it's, a, it's uh, the Kemat, every shul. Does, that, does anybody's shul not use that tune, by the way? Yeah. They don't use that tune? It's a very sad tune. Really? 
there surely says. It just sounds like crying. Wow. So what's wrong with us Ashkenazim? Like. <laughs> <laughs> Does any? Morty, you ever wondered this kasha? Bensi, you ever wondered this kasha? Am I right? Maybe I'm. I'm no Bucky, and Akiva's songs sound like such a full of people that have like terrible feelings. It's a shtickle freilach. I dare say it's a little upbeat. You ever noticed that? No, no, no. not so sad. What, what I want to say, I'm not, we, we, we're not happy about sin. And we certainly want to change. There's a tremendous, tremendous message of hope that we feel capable of growth, that we're very not stuck. There's a very optimistic thing to say. There's nothing, you don't say I'm bad, terrible, horrible. I have things and areas that I want to strive, that I can improve on. I'm not stuck. And there's a message in a very, very real way when we say I've been disloyal. I'm saying that, you know what? I'm capable of moving forward. I'm capable of advancing from this. This is not like, I'm not, Rabbi say. this is simple pshat in the message, very simple in a message of tshuva in a message is saying we're human <laughs> beings and we have frailty and we're capable of moving forward. My favorite part probably of any of the Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur davening, of any, we'll call it another, this is like a Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, you don't use this word, it's Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, you're barely talking English. I can never pronounce this, but it's a word like you read. If you read any art scroll during the day, I would call this like the Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur word. Give me a word, guess a Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur word that's like, you have to say this word if you ever talk Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, a good English word. Liturgy. Could you look up the word liturgy? What's the definition of liturgy? How many words in the day we got? You know, this is Rosh A form or formulary according to which public religious worship, especially Christian worship. Oh, <laughs> especially Jewish worship. You heard that. <laughs> liturgy is the is the public form of prayer. So, in <laughs> in the liturgy, <laughs> in the. <laughs> Is that especially in especially Orthodox Jews. <laughs> Liturgy is the is the is the nusach is the words of tefillah, and maybe my favorite <coughs> words in the in the Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur liturgy, and we contrast the power of angels, the perfection of angels. The angels are incredibly perfect, and the frailty of human being. We're frail, we're very, very, we're normal, we're, we're, we're insecure, we're uncomfortable. We have so many, we have so much, we have so much angst and anxiety, we're, we're human. And we contrast like the perfection of the angels and the imperfection of a human being. When? When? And we Who? say, Avisa Sehila, the beautiful Avisa and Hashem says, you know who I want? The praises of the human being. La la da 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 We describe the amazing awesomeness of the angels, the frailty of a human being, but God wants the human. Precisely us who have imperfection, precisely us who make mistakes, but we're capable of, of, of overcoming we're capable of battling through, of advancing, that's who Hashem wants. And in a very real way, when we, when we speak about things that we feel we could do better, there's a very big call of the shaifer that blows and wakes up a person who's capable of advancing. So many people feel stuck and have a sense of stuck and it's just not true. In a very, very sincere, authentic way, a guy says, I could do better and I could do more. One, the word avol, the word avol, Avram, that's part of vidu, confession, avol means in truth. And avol means, I never have to say my excuse. Wow. I really, in every sin I ever did, I could say my excuse. I clearly had a tendency to do that sin. I did it. 
never have to like speak out. Well, let me explain why I did it. I mean, clearly, I had the, I had the nature to do it. Haray, I did it. You never have to speak out your excuse for sin. Obviously, you know, people, I, I went, there, there was a person that I looked up to a lot. He used to ask a lot of advice from. And he just not, he moved away. He was, he was involved in the yeshiva many years. And myself, Rabbi Overlander, we used to ask him a lot of questions in the running of the yeshiva. And he once told me that he had a Rebbe who his attitude to things he did, I can't believe a bacher would miss chakras. He always said, if you can't believe it, well, believe it, I miss chakras. You don't have much to teach me if you can't believe it. I can believe it. Like, I can't believe somebody... Oh, you can't believe it, okay? So I'm sorry. I, I not just believe it, I just did it. You know, like, so you can't... He was saying that if you can't believe it, you have nothing to teach me, because trust me, I could believe somebody could do this. Anything we've done, we believe you could do, because we just did it. You never... The reason for any shortcoming is clearly we had that nature to do it, because we did it. We didn't like overcome something to do the bad. We just acted natural. Uh-huh. The sight of tshuva is that I'm capable of supernatural. I can rise above my nature. Avo, rather, I don't have to say, I can really say my excuse, but I've sinned. I don't have to give the excuse. I did it. Avo, I want to say rather, rather than my nature. Rather than just saying, this is how I am and I'll always be, and I've always been this way, Avol, I want to say, rather, I don't got to speak my excuse because if I did a sin, so then my nature was to do it, Avol. The avol means on truth. And Avol says that uh, there's a supernatural world, I'm capable of being supernatural. <coughs> avol anachnu chatanu. People think, like, to admit sin, what do you mean, how can I say I didn't sin? Most of the world doesn't admit sin. They admit what they've done, but they don't feel they could do otherwise. It's not a sin if you can't do better. It's just, just the tree doesn't sin because the tree just is a tree. The grass has never sinned because it's just grass. And to many a human being, what do you mean I sinned? I can't do better. Avram, Avol is a beautiful world. Avol, there's a truth. There's a reality, a supernatural reality that I'm capable of rising. There's a tremendous, tremendous hope in the blow of the shaifer. Uri Yeshenim Yeshenaschem. You are capable, arouse, arouse. To be an Eved Hashem is an unbelievable mitzayos, is a remarkable mitzayos that a human being, a frail human, who has temptations, who has weakness, who has a nature that, that can lead him astray, is capable of choosing supernaturally to be a loyalist to Hashem. With remarkable strength, with remarkable intelligence, could be superhuman. That we aren't stuck is a gorgeous... To me, the Shafer blow reminds me, Kalish, you're not stuck. And God knows that all of us fall into patterns, all different patterns in our life that we feel stuck. The shaifer calls a person to be young. I want to say something interesting. I sat in Rice Silverman's chair this morning, and the guys looked at me. I was talking about we're not stuck. They were like, of course we're not stuck. I, it was so beautiful and moving. Yeah, because youngsters, it's true, feel very unstuck. It's a beauty of being around youngsters. They were saying it to me, I promise you that I was like, say more, like say, like Akiva Barnett was like stuck. Like, eh. he's a young guy, he's so unstuck. I, I don't even know what I'll be, you know. He's so, un, he's so unstuck. When I was his age, I thought I was playing center field for the Mets. I don't dream like that anymore. We feel, okay. We feel, and the shaifer calls the yid to ever be young, to ever be unstuck, to never <coughs> say on any of the things of his life, it calls to the 30-year-old and 40 and 60 and 80. It struck me a lot. I was sitting with youngsters who were like looking at me stuck. Like they were looking at me with like, like are you kidding me? <laughs> and I, was, I needed that. It was actually, it was, it was so invigorating. I got it. It's funny. What Rosh Hashanah was, that's what the guys did. They were my shayfer this morning.
I'm trying to like tell guys a vert that we're not stuck. Guys like stuck? <laughs> and by guys who don't feel stuck, who have big dreams, who have big plans and don't feel the sense of like, I want to say to you that stay young and the shayfer calls to you to that. Even by the way, you've made many attempts in many areas. We're not stuck. And we're, we're very, very capable of ever fighting, of ever putting in, of ever winning battles. And I want to say to youngsters that hear the blow of the shayfer, I think youngsters need the shayfer also. God was mitzvah, 13, young ages to hear the shayfer. I had a very, Rev Ezi, it, it was a very touching thing happened right in this room last year, Shoshana. It was extremely I touching. Love that. <laughs> I speak, kids are excited about the mitzvah of Shaifer. They learn about it in school and they're just fired up. All of us sat there as a youngster, our mowers told us about the shofar. It's a mitzvah Hashem, a precious mitzvah. A mitzvah you make, do once a year. It's a precious, precious mitzvah, Daraisa. We get two days, we get, a, we get a second day to blow it as well. And, and I was speaking before the, before the Shaifer, I'll do it again this year, I speak before Devrei Cyrus, as is the custom in Klai Yisrael, I was speaking Devrei Cyrus. my son Yisrael Meir, and there was another, the one who davened Shachris, of Yanka Blatter, and he has a precious son, Michal Ber, who's named after Michal Ber Weismandl. The great, great tzaddik who survived, who jumped off a train and survived, didn't, jumped off a train on the way to Auschwitz and survived in the, in the forest. Reb Michel, this, 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 so Reb His, this Yaakov Blatter married a girl who's a great-granddaughter of Michel Ber Weismandl and he named, he named his son Michel. So Michal comes up to me. It was the cutest thing. I'm speaking before Shaifa. I'm like fired up, darshaning. And he walks up. He said, can we blow the Shaifa? Like, Kalish, you're darshaning. Can we just hear? I want to do my mitzvah. Like, it was so precious. He wasn't being chutzpah. A bachar or two may have sent him. I don't know. But he like, yes, can, we, like, can I hear the Shaifa? And then Yisrael Meir came like a, I don't remember who came first. Then Yisrael Meir came up a, <laughs> like he just want, it was so innocent. He just wanted the mitzvah. You'll can you darshan later, like talk all day. Just let me hear the shayfer. They both wanted to hear the shayfer, and all of us are going to be zeich to hear the shayfer. And the message of the horn, it's a mitzvah darais, and it has many. I don't want to limit it. It's a, it's a, it's an <coughs> eternal blow. It's from Hashem, and Hashem is eternal, and His messages are are unique for us all. So I don't want to limit what the shayfer says to you. And, I, and I, I'm going to have my other things I hear. I have 30 sounds. I have plenty of times to hear a lot. But I want to say one of the things I hear in the horn is stay young. Is, is, is don't, don't, don't feel you're stuck. Don't feel this is how you are. This is where you are. And you're just, you're stuck in these patterns. But if people don't know this, are they, let's say I don't know the Rebbe, what the Rebbe just wants. So I'm stuck. I always feel, I always feel, Revezi, that a big thing the Waterbury Yeshiva has taught the world, a big, big thing that the guys here have taught, and I sat in a shir this morning, I promise, I'm not, Avram was there, the guys are like, stuck? Like, do you know what I plan on doing? And there was like a big sense of, I have big, I have big plans and optimism of change, of growth, and the truth is there's a tremendous freshness that's come from here that's come from years of guys making big moves, serious moves, courageous moves. I'm not talking about superficial change. I'm not talking about a guy from them, I'm talking about a guy is different. You're like, you meet the guy. I always love, we go back to Sulan, and different guys, there are people there that meet the Bakram, like they haven't seen them for a year, and they're like, are you kidding? Like, you see a guy who's, who's deep, profound, and, like, and you hear his journey. We were Zaycha this summer, we was like, one of the guys spoke, a couple of guys like spoke and shared their journeys this summer. You're talking about serious, serious advancement, overcoming buildings, serious construction. There's a tremendous freshness, there's a tremendous excitement. There's, I dare say, a huge chaos. There's an energy to somebody who overcomes, who advances, who fights through, who, who beats. There's a lot of stuck in the world. There's a lot of stuck in the world. I, I, I'm going to give you, there's so many stats and so many things. How many people are, <coughs> grandparents divorced, child divorced, grandchild divorced. 
things, patterns, and behavior, things that are people feel stuck in all different areas, in all different, we are capable ourselves in all the situations of our life of standing up, picking up at all ages of our life. And the Shaifer says that. The Shaifer calls to that. That great blow of the Shaifer that announces when it says to be Mamlech Hashem, Karanate Hashem, be Avde Hashem, and it is you, frail human being, I want to be Mamlech Hashem. You, human being who, who, who struggles, who has difficulty, who falls and could fall deeply and severely, it's you I want. It's your praise, it's your service, it's your effort, your overcoming, your courage that I want. And it's that, that, and that which brings the great Kiddush Shemayim, and that's the blow of the Shaifer, that's specifically calling to the human being, arouse, stand up. So a lot of the, the, the tshuva, we sit there, the tshuva, even the Hashem news, I don't hear in it like this sad, wailing tune of crying. It wouldn't bother me. I'm not pretending, so it wouldn't bother me if people would cry. It wouldn't bother me, regret. There's something called charat, the regret, that wouldn't like, bother me. I'm, I, it's interesting that the song, the Ashkenazic song, that in most of our shuls we sing is not a wailing. There's some sense, you know what, I am capable of, of moving forward and I want to express some of the things and the areas that I plan in rising and growing. That's a big call of Rosh Hashanah and the Shafer. So I wanted to share that optimistic, powerful, optimistic and encouraging blow of the Shafer that exists in our world. I promise in the morgue there are no alarm clocks in the morgue. If you hear an alarm clock, then it's a very encouraging message. It's an encouraging message. It's interesting. I, if you ever know teenagers' rooms, you know, a guy, a, many a guy has described, I, I want to get up, I want to go to Sheer. <coughs> There's a beautiful sound, 11 o'clock, you hear a guy's alarm going off. He might not be up today, but his alarm is still ringing. And, he, and he's trying to get in touch with his alarm and hear his alarm and respond to his alarm. That's the shaifer, the great alarm clock for us all. And the alarm clock which says to a person that, that we're capable of advancing, we're capable of breaking difficult patterns with, with, with work, with thought, intelligently, with small steps, but we're capable of rising. That's the, one of the sounds of the shaifer. The word avol, in truth. Avol, anachnu chatanu, but the introduction to anachnu chatanu is avol in reality. We do have a nature, and I could simply say there's my nature, avol, but, however, rather. There's a magical world of avol. I, I've already thought to call this yeshiva like avol. A magical reality of truth. With somebody saying that I'm not stuck in patterns, anachnu chatanu, there's areas that I can rise and overcome. The word avol, but, rather, in truth. But it doesn't sound too weird of a name, so we don't call it Avol. It has to, it has to have a better, catchier way to uh, imagine Yeshiva's Avol. <laughs> I'm headed up to Avol. It doesn't, the name is not, it's not, it's not working for me right now. Benny ever wondered that the tune isn't so sad? You've wondered about that, good. You could desire a much sadder tune. Anybody here? Alan's in a Svardish, any other Svardish shuls here? I'm curious <coughs> if some Svardish shuls do it. Really? That's what they do? Alan, that was it? That's for Sally Hall. That's for Whoa, that wasn't so sad. That's pretty. It's rocking it. No. That's by the Sikhs, not by the Shaman. Wow. <laughs>
They're like happy. <laughs> that was a very good. That was, wasn't that good? How do you know Binyamin from the Kaisal? Yeah. That was very good. Johnny, you knew. Where's Johnny? Oh, Johnny definitely knows that. That was very good. Avram, you knew that tune? I'm the only one here that's pushed. What if you're young and you still feel stuck? <laughs> and for sure the message has to resonate. Maybe you should see, you know, how Fosse, the, the guy who just came to his show, so it's very sad. Like, oh, yeah, they haven't much. It's very smart to show. <laughs> I want to sing that. I want to share one more thing, Blinader, but I want to sing Chamol. Chamol al Masecha first. The low key, the high part is pretty high. Chamol al Masecha. This summer, Ariel, I had a very interesting experience with the Bacher. I called up a guy on one of our trips. We have guys across the country, amazing guys being B'nai Torah from Tannersville to, to Oklahoma, to Arizona, to all different interesting places. We have Hever traveling the, all around this country, J.D., right? J.D., tell me some of the cities, some of the states you were in this summer. Montana, obviously. Wyoming. Wyoming. Colorado, Montana, Wyoming. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Ariel, some states you were in this summer. Maine. Maine. J.D. was in Maine. J.D. was in Maine. Ariel? Florida, Maine. Fantastic. So we, on one of the, on one of the trips, so I called the Bacher to, to, to tell him off. <laughs> I called the Bacher to rebuke him for something he did. And Dubi's response, his response, which touched what we're saying, his response is, I didn't do anything wrong. And my rai is, I didn't even think... It wasn't like, if I battled, I had two sides, to go or not to go, to do or not to do. And then the word <coughs> is, I did it. So you could tell, you can call me out. There was another voice. I want you to know, I had no other sad but to do what I did. This Bachar told me, you can't call me, you can't even call it. What are you calling me to rebuke? I had no other sad. He was saying, I was stuck. He said very stark. 
you can't rebuke me and tell me I did a chet. It wasn't like at that moment I had two pulls, one to do this, one to do that. There was no other said. That was like a starker description of stuck. There was no other tzad. You can't call it a chet. There's, at the point, there was no other tzad. There was no, wasn't there was two voices, two ideas, and I chose. Now you're rebuking me, you chose wrong. I had no other tzad. So you can't even call, he was expressing it at the point that this is the only thing I could do. There's no sin, there's no, not called sin. That's mamish what he was expressing to me. And He's saying that there was no possibility of another choice. At that point, how can you call it a sin? It could be bad to do what I did, but if it's the only thing I could do or knew to do or thought to do, it's only a sin as much as I could choose something else. That statement, it's only a sin and as much as I could choose something else, is true. If you're stuck, you can't call it a sin. If you're stuck, that's just the nature. Trees don't ever sin. It's, there's no... No, so that, what he was saying is he feels he didn't have another thought. Okay, so it could be on that thing. It could be another thought. So w- what we spend time, Rosh Hashanah, is getting in touch tree. that we have... Well, he's not a tree. Blur Hashem, he's not a tree. And we find the areas. What's the line? Say over of Trank's line. Can you say that story? Can you say over that story? Listen no. to this story. Have I happen to like this story a lot. Can you say it over? He turned my child turned on the light. By accident, somebody turned on the light in Shabbos. He was a child. He was a seven-year-old child. He was four or seven years old. And he was very, very, like, broken about the fact that if I'm sick, I'm not just like, these things that, you know, so, so what, what do I do? What do I say? I wasn't sure of the answer. It was very, like, it was, I didn't know, like, I didn't have a good answer. You should thank Hashem that you're a human and not a tree or a frog or a chalupcha, okay? <laughs> Say thank you that I'm a human being and human being. Isn't that a great, you ever heard that story, Kiva? You've heard that story before? <laughs> That's exact words. I've heard of as he said, you're not a tree, a frog, or a chalupcha. <laughs> Holopchus is like a stuffed cabbage. cabbage. (laughs) (laughs) It's the Hungarian way of saying, but I would do English words. If we were teaching Hungarian, we'd teach (laughs) Holopchus. This Bacher Bacher expressed this idea that if he didn't have another, if he's stuck, then there's no head. The aside of Chet is that we're capable of putting other, other ideas inside of ourselves, of connecting to something profound. And as such, with smart and intelligent moves, we can <coughs> advance forward. We can advance forward in beautiful ways. This is, this is all of our missions, to advance forward. Areas, we want to be a better son, so let's do it. We want to be a better brother, so let's do it. We want to be more loyal, let's do it. I want to, what I try to do yearly, and I'm going to do very brief today, really for two minutes today, because I don't want to, um, I can't go so late today. But I want to say just today is I try to go through some of the shamnus, areas that are very, very precious, and we want to improve. I want to say the second one and talk about it for under two minutes. And the second is we say bagadnu, disloyalty. And we say to ourselves that we want to be more loyal people. And I want to say to us all, it's something I'm thinking many years. In, in, the, in Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, in the Musar Yeshivas, in Elul, they worked a lot on Beinad al on things related to, between man, fellow things to human beings, Shlomo. And the word I want to say, that, that, I, that I want to say, Bagadnu is disloyalty, to be a more loyal person. A more loyal person means to call my sister more often. I have a sister to be loyal in, in our family relationships. Loyalty. There for people that Hashem clearly designed us to be there for. To be a more loyal sibling, to be a more loyal spouse, to be a more loyal grandchild. 
When we say Bagadnu, we're not like empty banging, we're saying something. I want to be a more loyal person. So I want to be more present and more there for the loved ones in my life. I'm clearly designed. I have a brother. Do I call my brother enough? How many guys in yeshiva have described, and this is, we're human, when we're younger and we come home and a little sibling, how many guys here have a third, third grade brother, a fourth grade sister, and he comes out and off Shabbos, she's excited and he has no time. It's a very sad scene. That's Bogatnu. I've been disloyal. I come home from an off Shabbos. She's so excited. Hey, he's home. She's a, and he has no time for it. He doesn't give a look. He doesn't get on the floor and play a quick game of checkers. He doesn't notice and reach out and talk to and give, 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 give focus on. That's Bagadnu. That's disloyalty. He's disloyal to relationships that clearly Hashem put in here. That there's a mid of loyalty. It's my brother. It's my brother. She's my sister. Loyalty. And there's something called Bagadnu, <coughs> disloyalty. Where a person, how many times do people forget people in their lives that they should be close and loyal and there for it? And there's something called disloyalty. Bogadnu, we've been disloyal. So I don't want to just bang empty the commitment. We actually could think about commitments of being loyal, each one of us in our own ways. We might have a nephew and a niece. I take very seriously, we're uncles. You have a niece and a nephew. Maybe we have to be more loving and caring. We have relationships that loyalty would dictate. She's my sister. He's my brother. This is my grandmother. Do I call my grandmother enough? That's a loyalty. That's a loyalty. There's a, there's a loyalty. I just spoke, with, I, I spoke the other day about this. Sadekis Avi, Avi um, Wolaski's grandmother passed away. But the, the family was very, very close. And to watch them behave with loyalty towards family members, that's a word. And when we say Bagadnu, we're saying something. And we're, we're actually thinking of, of improving, of making greater commitment in those areas. One day you'll all be fathers, be present for your children. Be very present emotionally, be very present in their lives. It's interesting, with, our own, with your own children one day, we all have our own, our own journeys. And we all have our own our own things, our own emotions, and then to be open and available emotionally for somebody else's story, for somebody else's situation. And Bogadna would say that if we're, if, but disloyalty would say that we weren't there and aren't there enough and want to commit there to be there more often and in a better way. That's part of Bogadna, it's part of disloyalty. Of course, and of course, there's, there's all different areas of loyalty. And to our creator, our maker, our benefactor, of course we want to be loyal to Hashem. But there's many aspects of Bagadnu. I don't want to be fake bangers. We have a mother who needs us, who could use a call, who could, we could be more loyal and appreciative of. That's all part of Bagadnu. You know, the youngster has a family trip and his friends are doing a trip. Very tempting. His friends are doing such a cool trip and his families are going to the museum again. But he's saying, Bagadnu, he's thinking about something. He's not just banging empty. He's saying, I want to be more loyal to my family. You know what? I'm going to go on the family trip. The same guy who bangs Bagadnu, all of a sudden, a Chalmayit Sukkot, he's with his family trip. Because he meant something. He's not stuck. That same guy who said Bagadnu, all of a sudden, he's more available for his wife. And he's going on walks together with his wife more often. He's available. He's, he, he's much more there. All of a sudden, that guy who said Bagadnu is talking and spending more time with his son, with his daughter, with his sister. So I wanted to express that Bagadnu, what it means, disloyalty, and to have commitments of loyalty as best as we can to be mechazek. One of the things I love in yeshiva, and I love a tyrannic view on these things, the beautiful family relationships. We had last night, Shmuel spoke about Dovi's tremendous kiddush To watch their, their closeness, their kesher, you're seeing loyalty. That's very tyrannic. That's a basic tyra attitude. And to watch, we come from Avram Avinu, who shut his yeshiva, Kinishba Achiv, to watch Dovi and Shmuel. It's been like an absolute treat. To hear Shmuel speak about Dovi and describe what he did to him. We've been Zaych and Yeshiva to see. I love, I love watching Maish Glazer and Rabbi Glazer speaking together. It's, it's delightful. Anybody, anybody has the opportunity to watch it? I feel badly. I don't want them to feel like they're on display. Keep just being brothers, no pressure. 
But to watch them too, there's a mutual respect, a mutual love and appreciation, a, a tremendous, tremendous closeness. That's two brothers who are speaking honestly and openly together. That's a basic, when we say Bagadnu, we're saying something. This loyalty is, have we, have we been available for our sister? Have we been available? We're not just banging nothing. We're not saying nothing. And we're saying areas that we want to step forward in, in serious ways. What a beautiful chag that the shayfer calls us, and it's calling us to areas, beautiful areas that we want to step forward and improve in. I love seeing the family, Sharm and Yeshiva, are delightful to see those. We get the experience. In yeshiva, we've seen many, many, many family pairings, family siblings getting closer and improving. It's a delightful, delightful scene. I've watched over the years, guys get closer to parents as much as we can, as best as we can, furthering the relationships. We're saying something when we say, we're not not banging nothingness. We're saying commitments and areas that we want to strengthen and improve and just be there more. A guy could say, what a Rosh Hashanah Kabbalah, what a Kabbalah for the year, that he's going to call his mama a little more often. Instead of once a week, is going to add a second time a week, at least till Hanukkah. That, what a commitment. What a commitment. But God, he says, I want to be a more loyal person. <coughs> I don't want to be a disloyal person. That's ugly. I have a mama who gets such chizik when he calls. So he calls her a little more often and shares. What a Rosh Hashanah. We're talking about practical stuff. And we're not stuck in any of the aspects of our life. What a practical thing the guy says that I, when I come home every off Shabbos this year, I'm going to at least spend some time with my sister. I'm going to spend, I'm going to maybe take her out to eat, maybe play a board game. I don't know. Well, fine. That's a Bagadnu commitment. So I wanted to express that one, Hashamnu. We'll have time, Be'ez Hashem, in the next few days to try to go through some of the other Hashamnus and maybe practically what we're saying and how we could be Mechazikin. But I wanted to share that one. Thank you, Yasser. Thank you, Yasser. <coughs> yeah, yeah.